So, welcome back from lunch. It seems like there might even be a few more people here now, which is kind of nice. I don't know if it's true or not. It's just my impression looking out. So, we thought we would take a little bit of time now to uh, turn our attention toward what might come next after this program. Um, surely the Eightfold Path continues. <laughs> that is something that we've talked about already this morning. Um, but we thought we'd have some of the mentors say a little bit about ongoing practice and other ways to continue supporting your development of the Eightfold Path. So I think I'm really just going to pass it on to my wonderful friends up here and have each of them uh, offer some thoughts on this. And if you did bring pen and paper and want to write things down, that this might be a moment to do that, but it's not necessary. Um, yeah. So why don't we go ahead? Yes, we can have more light. Um, Thanks, Stas. Yeah. Great. So uh, maybe we can each just make a suggestion or two and continue the discussion. And then those who were mentoring students this year, um, please, you know, after we've shared some, please offer your own thoughts as well. Um, one of the things that I find helpful is just to go back through material, but at a very gradual pace. So you know, taking whichever practice was spoke to me the most or seemed like my growing edge and deciding to practice that for, you know, s practice the portion of it that I really want to focus on for however long I, I need to. I kind of like just allowing myself to hang out with the particular practice. And if that practice lasts for a week or a month or I'm practicing it for a couple of months, I find that really helpful to just sort of allow an organic going back through the path and seeing what what an area would be that I'd want to work with more deeply. So that's one thing I've done. Is this on? Yeah, okay. I want to mention a couple things. Um, uh, one thing is, w if you enjoyed the sessions that we had during the year and found those meaningful, um, we are offering a, several programs at IMC next year. So Gil's offering a program in deepening meditation that will be really focused on meditation. It has a prerequisite of several retreats. It's for people who are a little ways along. And um, myself and a couple of friends are going to be offering a program looking at the ten paramis throughout the year. So it'll be structured pretty much like the Eightfold Path. And if you enjoyed that sort of looking at these factors and talking with each other, you're welcome to that. And then just more personally, I'd just like to encourage you all, thinking of the, the, the right knowledge, the direct experience, to find some way to bring more mindful awareness to your bodies. So maybe you have a yoga or a 
qigong practice or something like that or whatever you do for physical activity bringing your mindfulness and just just it's to me it has most to do with the right intention factor of the path of just learning where things are coming from within you and being more aware of expanding your awareness to all the areas of the core of your body where you might that's where stuff comes from that comes from the blue and surprises you how come this is still still going on so just getting to know your bodies so some of the uh, uh, suggestions that I'm going to give you have to do with um, a practicing in daily life, especially with um, the factors of uh, cultivation, cultivation of the mind, um, effort, uh, concentration, and mindfulness. <coughs> so, um, some of the things that I have done has been like, uh, for example, those moments of um, doing service here at the retreat center what we like we just did i have transferred that um into daily life by uh, having like 10 or 20 minutes at the beginning of the day at the beginning of my day or at the end of the day to do something at home here we call it sometimes in retreats sangha service i call it home service so at that time i just choose to do something, one thing, and I and and I uh, set the intention to be doing just that thing. Really focused and committed to doing that, and it's a way of you know staying on course, uh, on course, and developing your your concentration, and at the same time uh, developing mindfulness, and and the effort, the but the effort of. Um, not of having something done, but of, yes, nourishing, you know, those, um, the efforts that we talked about of um, nourishing and cultivating wholesome states as I am doing something. And uh, the other thing that I will say is within wise action, the precepts. You know, um, like, um, one time I was just going uh, for a walk at night and I saw the full moon. I said, oh, the precepts. That's what's going to remind me to take the precepts at full moon. So um, taking the precepts regularly and then um, if you don't remember all of them but just remember non-harming, that can guide you through your day. Another thing that I, I find really helpful is to, uh, you know, sometimes if you think the Eightfold Path isn't happening, you're, you're going through an experience maybe within yourself or with other people, um, to actually give some time to reflection, how is this really the Eightfold Path right now? What, what is it that's happening? Um, so it helps deepen the knowledge of, you know, for example, it can be, a time that just really doesn't feel great at all. So what's actually happening in that moment? You know, of course, suffering or stress, right? But then what's, what's underneath that? Is it uh, unwise speech within myself? Is it um, that I've allowed some clinging to creep in and it's sort of 
taken hold of me and I'm I can renew my mindfulness or my effort of what's happening. So how is the Eightfold Path always happening is the question. And then discovering that when you think it's not really, you know, it's, it's daily life again, but really understanding deeply. Oh, and not only your own, but others, mindfulness of others as well. And I'll, I'll offer a couple also. Um, I have found it very meaningful to study the Buddhist texts, the suttas. And we had many quotes from the suttas throughout the course kind of sprinkled in, and they were also in the books that you read. And if you found those particularly pithy or meaningful, uh, it can be useful to actually go to the source, <laughs> is kind of how I think about it. And there are opportunities in this area. We have so many wonderful teachers to be able to uh, study those. And they are well translated into English now and quite accessible when approached with a teacher or in a study group. So if you wanted to know more about Buddhist teachings and the context in which uh, he talked about this Eightfold Path, there are options for that, um, which I could tell you about more if you wanted afterwards. And then maybe finally, unless anyone else wants to add anything from up here before we pass it out into other mentors. You're sitting in Insight Retreat Center. <laughs> this is a retreat center, and there are many residential retreats offered here every year. Many people find that um, the sustained period of time that you can put into mindfulness practice when you're not thinking about you don't even have your computer. <laughs> but you're also not thinking about cooking or cleaning or needing to um, communicate with your partner. Just to have a space for really cultivating mindfulness and receiving meditation instructions, I would encourage you to consider, if you're drawn to it, uh, to, to come to a residential retreat here or anywhere in this area. We have other options also. Anybody else have something coming to mind? Kay. There are a few other mentors here. Does anyone want to mention anything else? Kara? Other than what was already offered, something that I can add that's been beneficial with this um, A-full path as well as the years where I've done this with before doing the last couple years in this uh, setting is sangha, is to continuing with, it could be mentor, mentee, kalyanamita, but that is the work of reflecting back with each other, investigating this Eightfold Path together again and again. And I appreciate that practice because it's with other people where we can build that trust and confidence of Ooh, this is messy. Is this wise speech? Is this not wise speech? And we can investigate together with that. So yeah, continuing with uh, a Sangha member or two. Um, uh, my name is G. I'm a mentor of the Santa Cruz group. A couple of thoughts. Um, one is... Um, I know this isn't everybody's favorite book, but the Bhikkhu Bodhi book on the Eightfold Path, um, I find it's very pithy. You know, it's very dense, but there's so much information in there. 
um, I suggest that if you have it to keep it close at hand and it's a great reference book if you have any questions about any of the folds or the Four Noble Truths or you know suffering, uh, it's all in there and uh, it's also a great travel book you know, that, you know, one little book you can bring with you so um, it's a good resource and I just uh, would recommend that uh, the other thing, the one fold I wanted to highlight a little bit is the uh, right effort. And uh, I like that one because it's just, I think, kind of straightforward. It's about um, what you can do to uh, encourage wholesome states, uh, sustain them, and if you're in unwholesome states, to what you can do to abandon them. And it sort of simplifies the path to like, you know, encouraging good stuff and kind of letting go of the bad stuff. Yeah. Oops, I think Lauren and then Jim. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to do this, but um, so I don't have anything that's probably uh, particularly new. But I did want to highlight that for me, the importance of having some type of daily practice is extremely important to have that time to come back every day and reflect on what's happening or contemplate what's going on is the way to build that, that gradual transformation that the Eightfold Path can do. So for me, that's probably the most important thing. And then I'll also uh, add a little bit to what Kira was saying, and that's the importance of Sangha. For me, that comes out in volunteering. Um, whether it's volunteering to be mentoring, volunteering at IRC, it not only helps the Sangha to grow and have a place for all this to take place, but it also allows you to connect with a lot of other people that have the same values, that will reflect back on those values. And I can tell you that in volunteering, sometimes uh, the biggest tests of uh, whether you can carry out some of these uh, factors is going to be the conversations you're going to have with other people who share those same values. So those are the two things I would say are important. So there's a couple of things. Um, yes to Sangha. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of um, reviewing, going through the material again and again, remembering the practices, that, you know, the weekly practices that came up through the month and anything that, uh, or each month, anything that resonated with you, sort of going back and revisiting it, or anything that you really just said, that's just not for me going back and saying, well, maybe it is right now. And um, that's something that I do a lot. And I'm also a big fan of um, physical reminders. I have this big, giant mirror. <laughs> and I'll put post-its or you know something that just really stuck with me that I want to remind myself to revisit. Because I feel like each time I revisit it, there's something new. right? My ch I change. My practice changes. My response to something changes. Um, and in that, in along those lines, going back to the talks, because the talks and the, the classes were recorded. So just kind of, again, giving myself a chance to, to come at this after a little bit of extra practice and how do things sit with me right now. Um, so those are some of the things that I do as well. Uh, 
Uh, that's a good point. It will be offered next year again. So you can do that. Also, I'm just curious, what are your inspirations as you sit here? Um, what What is speaking to you right now? So we can pass the mic a little bit about what you might be thinking about. Yes, please. So something that I um, just recently started to do and I found quite useful is the Eightfold Path book that I read and the end of a chapter had bullet summaries. So every morning after I do my meditation practice, I reread one of those eight because in that way it just freshened my consciousness. And I also quite frankly enjoy it. Great, thank you. So I have my strengths and my weaknesses. My weaknesses involve daily practice. Uh, my discipline uh, is not so good. My concentration is worse. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Um, and, and where I get most of my joy and satisfaction or a feeling of, yes, I'm doing this well is, is in um, sila or morality and finding that with mindfulness about my mind and my speech and my actions, um, I can see more and more things that I haven't been doing so well. So there's more depth of perception and, um, and, um, and so I enjoy uh, becoming more fine-grained in my actions and turning them towards healthier directions, uh, whether in my diet or in what I purchase or how I talk to people. And uh, as I see myself you know, slowly improving, um, uh, there's where a lot of joy um, arises. And maybe it'll help with daily practice. I know that in some forms of Sangha, it helps to go to a sit and to listen to what a teacher has to say. But I found from this program that a lot of my major insights came from talking about them. And whether that was with my mentor or if it was with a Dharma buddy from the program. And so while I thought that maybe I would have something prepared and I would go talk about that thing, Instead, what would happen is these new insights would spill out as I'm talking about it. And I find that I speak a lot different than I think. And so it's really rewarding to give yourself a connection with someone where you're not just listening, but you also have a chance to talk. And I found it really helpful.
Something that somebody said this morning here really resonated with me, um, and it was about being present and uh, giving myself more and more increasing opportunities to notice whether I am being present um, is has made a big is a big contribution to my moving forward. And what I've been able to notice just by st sort of stopping myself periodically and saying, you know, is this, are you in present mode right now? Is that, you know, 99% of the time I'm planning or remembering. Somebody used those terms earlier. Mostly planning for me. But, and I had read also somewhere that some people are constantly living in the future and some people are more likely living in the past. And th the whole point is I want to be living right now. So just noticing when I'm in those planning states, even if it's what am I having for dinner, it's still planning. It doesn't have to be a trip next year. So I notice how often I am not in this moment but in some other moment and trying to kind of reel myself back in to being present is helpful. So uh, part of my daily practice is um, it involves the first thing I do when I wake up is a, a gratitude practice. So I try to bring to mind something that I'm, I'm grateful for to start the day. It kind of sets me out on the right, on the right foot, so to speak. Um, at the end of the day, what I like to do is a forgiveness practice. And um, it, it, it allows me to kind of review my day. Um, it allows me to see where I haven't been very skillful. And it's helped with the Eightfold Path because if I notice that I've had a streak of like four or five days where I'm, you know, asking for forgiveness based on things that I've said, that means I need to pay a little bit more attention to right speech, for instance. And so just bringing awareness to, to that on a daily basis really has allowed me to look at it more closely. And um, when I bring awareness to where I'm not being very skillful, um, I'm, I'm noticing it earlier and earlier and earlier. And hopefully after a few days I could, you know, start to remember it to be like, oh, dude, you got to watch what you're saying around, around work, you know? And so then, like, it, it, it prevents me from making that mistake for a fifth day in a row. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Hello. Um, so, yeah, to everything everyone is saying, because I feel, like, really on fire with my practice, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, to big things for me are as soon as I finish one retreat, I'm already planning the next. <laughs> uh, and then the other one is newer, but it's not new. It's um, skillful and mindful attention to um, technology for me. And I don't think I'm the only one, but uh, it came up on the last retreat and I was thinking, oh yeah, I already think about that, but I 
could certainly think more about it in terms of what am I looking at, when am I looking at it, how am I using things, um, not to be aversive, but to just see, is this serving me, or is this um, kind of an unskillful use? Wonderful, thank you. That's a rich uh, trove of suggestions. And if we manage to do even a fraction of those or pick one of those that's appealing to us and practice it for the coming year, we'll be so much further along in our understanding of ourselves and others and in development on the path. That was really lovely to hear all the inspirations. So um, next we're gonna spend some time doing some metta. So within our daily life, our practice, engaging, practicing, being the Eightfold Path, there's also other practices that we can, we can do to support us. And one of them is practicing metta, practicing loving kindness. Classically, the practice of loving-kindness, as we um, establish our mindfulness, we send loving-kindness to ourselves, to a benefactor, a friend, and, or an easy person. We can also send metta to a neutral person, a person we have challenges with. And then we can also send it, spread, send it out to all beings. And so today, as part of being here in community, We'll do some of them. I'm going to offer some phrases to you uh, for oneself and all of us here and many other beings. So we start with becoming aware, aware that we're here. Aware that, aware that we are aware, <laughs> present, 
Maybe taking two or three deep breaths just to feel breath in the body. Mm, breathing naturally and bringing your intention of practicing loving kindness to nourish your mind, heart, body. So maybe starting from the head, just scanning through your body gently, relaxing. Relaxing the forehead, the jaw, muscles of the face. Sensing the shoulders, the vertebrates that form your spine. Just relaxing, preparing Preparing just the conditions to practice loving kindness by first practicing mindfulness of the body. Scanning through the body, relaxing and adjusting in a gentle and kind way your posture if it is necessary. Relaxing the shoulders, sensing the expanding and contracting of the rib cage as the body breathes, breathes without your intervention. Just breathing naturally. Relaxing the belly. I'm aware of your thighs. Knees, legs, feet, arms, hands, your entire body spreading, infusing your entire body with 
mindfulness, with awareness. As you breathe in, as you breathe out. Noticing the physical sensations of the in-breath and the out-breath. And the pause in between. Resting into this posture, into this moment. Receiving sounds that come and go without searching them or looking for them, just receiving, receiving them. Receiving thoughts that may be come and go, or emotions that come and go. Just expanding your awareness to be here, present, receiving any anything that shows up for you. It's okay. And just when You're paying attention to whatever is predominant for you when that stops being predominant, just coming back to the breath, just to have a place to rest, to anchor. Or just receiving sounds if maybe breathing the anchor of breath is uncomfortable. Just being here. Then now to cultivate loving kindness for oneself, I can offer some phrases for you to repeat in your mind. A way of practicing mindfulness and samadhi. At the same time, loving kindness is a 
samadhi practice and a purification practice. Nothing to force, just whatever you're open to practice within loving kindness. So the phrases are, may I be happy? May I be safe? May I be peaceful? May I be at ease? Just repeating again the phrases. May I be happy? May I be peaceful? May I be safe? May I be at ease? And you can continue repeating the phrases, wishing loving kindness for yourself. And if you see that there's some resistance and maybe you prefer not to practice with oneself in this moment, it's okay. You can use the phrases to send loving kindness, maybe to a benefactor. a benefactor in your life, a friend, and continuing repeating the phrases for whatever person is supportive to you. I will continue repeating a few more times the phrases for oneself. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I be at ease. 
letting the resonance of these, the sound of these phrases touch every cell of your body or infuses any image of any benefactor or friend you are wishing the phrases for or to. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe. May I be at ease. Maybe, maybe now you can have a sense, become aware of the people that are sitting or lying down around you, next to you. Just that your your neighborhood behind you, in front of you, to the left, to the right, 
in front of you. Having a sense of their presence. Maybe sending loving kindness to each of them. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you be at ease. You can repeat the phrases maybe for each of them or for this small group as may you all be happy. May you all be peaceful. May you all be safe. May you all be at ease. Repeating the phrases in your mind in a way that supports you. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you be at ease.
Now maybe we expand. We expand our wishes of loving kindness to send them to everyone in this meditation hall, in this retreat center. All beings in this land having a sense of Sangha community here practicing together. And repeating the phrases, letting them as you repeat them to infuse your whole being to a point that it just radiates this loving kindness to everyone in this meditation hall and this land. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you be at ease. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe. May you be at ease. Maybe now we expand our field of loving kindness to include our loved ones, 
everyone that has supported us in being here today. Your communities, cities where you live or where you've been traveling to. Expanding to the entire state of California, expanding to other states, expanding to other countries, expanding even upward, downward. to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west, in all directions. Radiating loving kindness to everyone, maybe without exception, or maybe with the aspiration of sending loving kindness to everyone someday. May you be happy. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be safe. May all beings be at ease. Two-legged beings, four-legged beings. No legged beings, every single being, every sentient being. Trees, flora, fauna, everyone without exception. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be safe. May all beings be at ease.
that we may be infused by the loving kindness of all of us wishing loving kindness to others maybe um, maybe we just can transition mindfully to some um, small groups we're going to break out now into small groups so find two other people let's do groups of three and maybe two other persons that you did not share with this morning that may be nice um, so why don't do that and then i will give you um, a question to explore and give you more directions so please go ahead and find two other friends We need one more person at the front. One more person to the front and that's, yeah? Uh, we need one more person on that side if, okay. It could be a group of four if I do. Let's see. So I guess we have a group of four, that in the back, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Okay. So I'm going to read you the questions. There are two questions that we want you to reflect upon, explore, and the way that we're going to be doing this in the same way we did it in the morning. Uh, one person will be responding, sharing their reflections, and then uh, the rest of the group will be practicing mindful listening. Then it will go to the next person. Then you will be practicing mindful listening. And then to the next person, practicing mindful listening. Okay? So, the questions are, what areas of practice have the most momentum for you right now? Let me repeat it again. What areas of practice have the most momentum for you right now? Okay. And then the second question is, what are you most inspired to carry forward and cultivate? What are you most inspired to carry forward and cultivate. Okay, any questions? Please. So to talk about both the, like are there gonna be two rounds 
there are going to be two rounds. Yes. Okay. So we can start with what has most momentum in your practice right now. And then we can, I will let you know when you can shift to the other one. Okay. Thank you. You can begin. And the second question to reflect on, as I said before, what are you most inspired to carry forward and cultivate from the Eightfold Path? What are you most inspired to carry forward and cultivate from the Eightfold Path? And so maybe um, just for the benefit of the community, maybe anyone that wants to share um, what did you um, hear in your group about what had mo most momentum for people's practices or um, what do you feel inspired to cultivate and to, you know, go on forward with, with it in regards to the Eightfold Path? Anything? I felt like our group had a consensus around effort and concentration, mm -hmm. and that the biggest gift was taming that monkey brain that was going off and chasing everything all the time, and learning to listen to it and be present for it, but then knowing that to really give our gifts and be of service to our communities that we have to learn to, okay, you can go on the shelf there, monkey brain, like, we can, that's a great idea, but later, not on this task now. Just kind of paraphrasing, but. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone else? So um, again, it's going to be along the lines of a right effort, and it might not seem like a big thing, but it took me literally years to um, stop taking spirituality as a project. Because otherwise, it's the same striving as in professional arena. The same perfection is like the same mechanism how you're mm -hmm. relating to things. It's just the object of it is different. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a monumental shift for me when I said, you know what, we are not doing that. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Thank you. One person in our group emphasized the uh, work being done the member was doing 
regarding judgment, uh, judging people in particular based on their appearance and having a really a lot of difficulty, requiring a lot of work to keep uh, the judgments going uh, related to color, skin, or status, or education. And my thoughts after listening to that sharing is that, gee, I really have done that so naturally all my life. Um, been kind of taught that to keep myself safe or to keep myself feeling better about myself. Uh, <clears throat> the judgment wheel, we can really spin the judgment wheel and spend a lot of time and energy uh, doing that. But this individual is interrupting that and, uh, and uh, questioning mm. their own judgment. Very good. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> 